your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Yeah, that's right. I'm back. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network. And, of course, uh, the show came on the way it should come on. That's letting you know that I've been waiting all week, not all night, but all week. Appreciate shout out to boy Kanye West for setting things up the right way. Again, you're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And of course, uh, we just came off of, uh, you know, the holiday weekend. And uh, I want to do uh, what's proper, and that is to pay respects to those uh, those fallen soldiers who have done such a great job of making this country a safe place. Uh, so that we can all enjoy that holiday and all the holidays that are uh, celebrated here in this country. So I'm I'm gonna pay tribute like I always do to you know um, to those of which I'm close to and that I know. And uh, I'm gonna say I'm close to all those soldiers who have passed away by giving up their life to protect this country uh, because I'm a free man. So how about a, a moment of silence in honor of that? All right, big ups to those uh, soldiers, uh, both male and female. God rest their souls in heaven. So, uh, boy, it was a it was a it was a big weekend. It was a, a big weekend. It was a good weekend. Uh, a lot of things going on in, in the basketball world, of course, and uh, and and some NFL teams have continued on with their uh, OTAs, and uh, uh, that's something that we we always have to stop and think about. Man, how close is it to football season? Because it's getting closer and closer. And, and to be honest, you know, football season nowadays, it never ends. It, you know, shout out to, to my man down there, Lee Mont Williams, of course, covering the OTAs of the Houston Texans. And uh, Lee Mont will have some things to share with you this week uh, in terms of uh, his coverage and what's happening with OTAs. And, and, and football is becoming a year-round job. It, it, has, it has always been uh, a year-round job for those who are – you know, serious about their job. As a matter of fact, you, if you, if you visit the Cleveland Browns site, you'll see some some pictures on on their site of some some players. Um, you know, going through some various activities. Uh, shout out to Rod Hood, who who was formerly here with the Arizona Cardinals, started out there, of course, with the Philadelphia Eagles has now signed on with the Cleveland Browns to help them out in the secondary. But uh, on the Cleveland Browns site, you see uh, a picture of Blade of of Edwards. Braylon Edwards and Braylon of course man I played against Braylon's dad back when he was at Michigan and I was at Ohio State but um, you know his dad used to talk about the fact that uh, you know it wasn't a year-round season and uh, I'm sure at the University of Michigan it, it was a year-round season <laughs> and and when he was playing pro ball it was a year-round season for those of us who took our jobs you know seriously maybe the team didn't require you to get together as much as they do now but it was certainly a year-round thing. And, and I talked to a couple young men this morning, myself and Kwame Lasseter. Shout out to Kwame. Kwame Lasseter, of course, has Kwame Lasseter Sports on the Voice America Network uh, every Tuesday. And, and, you know, we were having conversations with the young men and just trying to let them know that if you're serious about the game of sports, 
whatever game you play, uh, it, it's something whereas you have to make a very serious commitment to, to this game and to this sport. And if if you're serious about it and you want to play at the highest level, it's something that you do all the time. You you take a break here and there, but you have to be doing something to improve your game at all times. And I believe the NFL, who has been committed to putting a superior product and improving that product as time goes on, felt the need that they needed to take control of the off-season workouts of the players. And so, therefore, they created these OTAs of which uh, players, you know, come in to participate in. And it gives you a sense of continuity, uh, gives you a sense of chemistry, uh, gives you a sense of team. And and many times that continuity and that team uh, all works together, that chemistry works together when you're uh, playing in a game of which it's, uh, you know, the game is on the line and you may be going with no huddle, you know, you may be going to hurry up offense, hurry up defense, you know, you may be communicating through signals as opposed to getting in a huddle and calling plays. And, and the more hours you put together in the off season, and you develop that chemistry and you guys are able to communicate with each other verbally and non-verbally and you get that down to a science the teams will be better. You'll find out that most of the teams in the NFL and in the NBA, the more time they spend together with each other, there's something somehow that transfer to a better play on the field. So the athletes today, with the money they're being paid, the time, the amount of time that they are committed to, it really brings about um, you know a better product on the field. And, 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 of course, last year we saw that in all the playoff games. We saw that in the Super Bowl. And, and I want to say that, you know, those kind of things are happening in the NBA. Uh, the NBA, I believe it's um, this playoff season has produced more games that have been um, won by, I believe it's 10 or less points in the history of the NBA. Uh, it's just been very competitive games. The, the game was very competitive yesterday, although, you know, Denver ended up, you know, pulling away at the end. It was a very competitive game. It's being played at the highest level. Some of the greatest players are, you know, fighting through injury, uh, fighting uh, through, you know, mental uh, stress. Uh, the game of just the game of basketball itself is is just you know, mentally, you know, there's, there's so much preparation going into basketball and football. You know, I think Kobe touched on it and Kobe doing business talked about, you know, the mental preparation of basketball and, you know, how some people just don't realize how much goes into the preparation of a game, particularly when you get to this level and what's at stake. You know, many people always, the people say that, you know, it's, it's just a game. As a matter of fact, uh, I think my son said something to me, to the fact that they say it's just a game. You know, it's, it's just, we're just getting prepared for another game. That is the case. It, it is just a basketball game or a football game. And it's the rules and regulations and, and all that that goes along with is is not going to change. With the exception of football, when it's a playoff game, there is no, you know, uh, you know, one overtime and it's over with. No, you, you, you play until the game is won once you make it to the playoffs in football. But and in basketball, you always play until the game is won. But the difference is what's at stake. 
and and players that make it to the playoffs and you've got a chance to play in a playoff game, the intensity just rises to a level of which if you haven't been there before, you're unaccustomed to, to, to feeling that, to knowing that. It's like walking into an environment where you've never been before. You start looking around and it's like, wow, this is what the playoffs is all about. Well, that's, what's, that's what you're seeing in basketball right now. You're seeing the intensity of basketball at its highest level and players responding to it, regardless of how much pain they're going through, regardless of how tired they are. Now, I understand that the Lakers, you know, have played uh, many games and they play more than some other people because, again, if you don't win the series in a minimum amount of games, you got to play extra games and you don't get time off and you got to travel and you don't get the rest that you need. But still, you got you got to show up, and this time of the year it is it's win or go home, because there's so much more at stake. So for those of you who say, "Hey, the old cliche where they say, you know, it's just a game," it is just a game, but it's what's at stake in this game that makes it different. See, you could be you, you could be in basketball. Let's say if it's the it's the twentieth game during the season, that's just a game, you know. Uh, you know, and if it's, you know, the 50th game, that that's just a game. But when you get into the playoffs and it's a process of elimination based upon who wins the most games out of a seven game series, it's more than just a game. It's a game that moves you to elimination or a game that moves you to the next level and getting a, a better chance of winning that championship ring. Of which Kobe's got three. Of which LeBron in that commercial was like, <laughs> you know, your case over there. You know, LeBron is trying to get him a case. And, and, and there may be a case that LeBron may not get that. But we don't want to go into that uh, right now. As a matter of fact, let me, let me go back to Kobe. And let me go back to Denver and, and say that I, I believe that, you know, Kobe Bryant and his team has to be feeling the pressure. And there is pressure on them. The, 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 the pressure on the Lakers is that you're playing with one of the greatest players that has ever played the game of basketball. With Kobe's presence on their team comes the pressure of Kobe having to prove to people that he is one of the greatest to ever play and that he could lead a team to a championship that he could carry that team by himself without another great player on that team. Now, for me to say that he can do it, I'm not sure he can do that. And let me say wh why I don't believe he can do that is because it's never been done. I don't think, as I look back over basketball, <laughs> you know, they, they say that, you know, Batman had Robin, you know, the Green Hornet had his man. You know, the Long Ranger had Tonto. I think that Kobe needs to have another, not a good player, a great player. Because that's, that's the way it happens. I mean, Doc had Moses. And if you look beyond that, you know, you got to look at Magic had Kareem. You got to look at Michael had Scotty. You know, it's it's just so hard to do all by yourself without another great player. And that's that's not to win one championship. That's to win multiple championships. I think one great player may be able to slip in and get one championship by himself. 
But I truly believe that if you're going to get multiple championships, that you need to have more than one great player on that team. You know, even if you look back to, you know, Bill Russell, you know, Bill Russell had some other, you know, great players on that. You know, John Havlicek is one of the 50th greatest players to ever play. You know, Bill Russell, John Havlicek, you know, those two. You know, so you you, you, you got to look at it. And you got to think, wow, Kobe, I know what you want to prove to people. You've already earned that right as one of the greatest players, and you have earned that special category of two great players. You and Shaq are on those teams together. But this achievement of what you're trying to accomplish now, it's a big mountain to climb. But we're willing to go with you. We're going to watch it. We're going to see what happens. Hey, you listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'm having a good time. Why don't you come back? Because I am after this break. to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports.
All right, we're back. You're listening to Rail to Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and uh, happy to be here. It's always beautiful in the valley. You know, it's paradise out here. You know, uh, it, it definitely lives up to its name, Paradise Valley, and it's paradise. Uh, listen, like I always like to do whenever I'm aware of some various serious situations that are, that are, that are going on, uh, that that deals with those who are in the the world of sports. Uh, I always like to to acknowledge that as well, and to um, to if there's a sense of empathy that I share with the people that are going through those things, you know, I like to do it over the air. So I understand that there's some very serious issues uh, going on with Mike Tyson's uh, daughter, and uh, you know, I just hope and pray that uh, Mike's daughter is. Uh, is fine. I, I remember when uh, I think it was Mike's. Wow, I got to go back. Uh, I was hanging out with one of my friends back in the day, and we were at Mike's uh, uh, 30th birthday party. And uh, you know, I just say that you know, again, those who don't know Mike Tyson, uh, and and again, I was just hanging out, so we we're just having a good time. Not that I really, you know, I'm Mike ain't one of my boys. I was just at the party at Mike's house, but. You know, he's a different person than, uh, you know, those who don't really know him, you know, what they see. You know, you have to understand that. And I think some people do, but not everybody gets it. You know, I, I saw a special on Birdman yesterday. You know, you know, an athlete, and I told these two young men that I talked to today, an athlete, there's a, you know, a transformation that an athlete goes through. There is truly a Dr. Jekyll and a Mr. Hyde. If you don't go through that, then there, then you need so you got some problems. Somebody needs to talk to you because you should not be your personality as an athlete. Once you're on the field, on the court, on the hockey rink or whatever, should not be the way you walk around the streets. I mean, to be honest, when, when you're on the court or you're on the field, you have to be one of the most confident people in the world that that exists you truly do have to have kind of a superman's mentality you do have to think that no nobody can stop me no nobody's better than me no nobody can beat me yes i am the best there is none better i mean that's the level of confidence you have to play with if you if you play with Anything less than that you are better than anybody out there on that field or that court, you are doing your team an injustice. You, your coaches have made a, a bad mistake on the assessment of your talent. And so I say that to say, hey, Mike Tyson in the ring, that was Mike Tyson in the ring. That's my, Mike Tyson outside of the ring. But that, that's the approach. I mean, I, mean I, I remember Charles Barkley, you know, recently, you know, saying on TNT that, you know, nobody should stop any ball player that feels as if he's a great ball player, he might have a bad night. And I have myself as a former player who's, who's played against tons and tons and tons and tons of Hall of Famers, the best to ever play the game. I mean, those of you who, who, who know me know when I, when I played ball, you know, in, in the 80s, I believe that was the best football that ever existed. And, and, you know, NBA basketball was going through some of that at the time, too, you know. And and so those Hall of Famers, I, I didn't care. You can't care. Right now I'm addressing those young folks or those people who may have kids that are playing the game. This is how you have to train your kids. This is how you have to talk to your kids. This is the type of armor they have to put on when they're on the court, the field, up to bat. Nothing and nobody is better than they are. And that's the way they have to play the game with that kind of confidence. 
and it has to be contagious that the rest of their teammates feel the same way and if you're the leader of the team your teammates will will, will pick that up from you and what will happen is that's the confidence that everybody will take to the field to the court to the ring wherever you are but once you leave that that place that arena of which you perform and you entertain people you become a humble soul and I think that's the problem that most people have with with athletes is when they take that sense of arrogance or confidence or cockiness whatever you want to call it of eliteness whatever you want to call it that they're much better than everybody else it's when you take it from the field to you take it to the streets is where people have a problem with that and so it's the humble athlete that we always like but there is no humility on the field i don't care who you are what you are what you think hall of fame or whatever take them out that, that's the way you approach that. Now, I'm going to move on and talk about a Hall of Famer because I understand there's some things going on in Indianapolis. Yeah, I switched up on you. I, I went from Kobe and I went from Mike Tyson. Now I'm going to talk about this is Rayola Sports, okay? So I'm going to talk about what's going on in Indianapolis with Peyton Manning. Now, I, I want you folks to understand now, Peyton Manning isn't feeling real comfortable in this offseason. And th- this is the first offseason which Peyton Manning isn't feeling real uncomfortable. I know there's been others. We may have had a little surgery here or there or whatever. But, but there is something much of greater concern, of much concern to Peyton Manning this offseason. And, and, and for the first time, his offensive line coach and his offensive coordinator, the only two he's ever played for in that uniform of the Indianapolis coach, are not going to be there with him. Now, I happen to know that offensive line coach pretty damn well, a guy by the name of Howard Mudd. And let me tell you something. And, you know, it's a shame that you only have to be, or you only can be a head coach, you know, to make it into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because I, I believe if you were to break it down to position and you look at the production of the positions, you know, I, I would think that there are some other people out there that might be worthy of perhaps maybe that that acclaim that they're the best at what they do. And and Howard Mudd, I want to say, is one of the best offensive line coaches that ever existed. That ever existed. He has a way of putting together offensive lines that are stellar. I don't care who they play against. They win. They perform. They do their jobs. They don't make mistakes. They protect their quarterbacks. They open up holes. Marshall Falk will attest to this. I mean, they open up, you know, holes that you could take trucks through. You know, they protect their quarterbacks at all times. They're intelligent. They make their reads. They do their blocking assignments. They don't miss assignments. And that's because of the fact that they've been coached extremely well. And in Indianapolis, Howard Mudd did that. Howard Mudd did that when I was in Cleveland with the Cleveland Browns and our offensive line. And uh, Bernie Kozar will attest to that. Kevin Mack, Ernest Biner. You know, two of maybe two. I'm, I'm sure there's probably more than two, but I, I can tell you this. I bet you there's not, I'm going to say, five or ten uh, sets of running backs that in the same year, two different running backs ran for over a 1,000 yards. If there's ten, okay, take me up on it. Call me. Let me know, Ray, you're wrong. There was, as a matter of fact, there wasn't ten. There was 12. Call me up. 888-346-9144. But I know there hasn't been. 
Ernest Biner, Kevin Max, shout out. They used to get it done back there. But Howard Mudd, one of the, and, and, and let me say something. There, there's nothing that probably makes a quarterback more uncomfortable than to be without one of his offensive linemen, you know, anybody on the offensive line that he's been with, you know, uh, you know, whether it's his left tackle, you know, that always makes him nervous. His center, you know, that, you know, that's going to make him nervous. But to have his offensive coordinator and his offensive line coach replaced at the same time, you know, it's okay if the coordinator is replaced and somebody else comes in, but the, you know, but the line coach is still there working with the same guys. There's a chemistry there. But, I, you know, if, if I'm Peyton Manning, I, too, am a little bit concerned. Now, you know, Peyton being the quarterback that he is, Peyton being the accomplished, you know, player that he is, the respected player that he is, you know, I, I think he felt as if, you know, the way things were handled. And I don't know why these guys, according to what I've read, uh, are going to be retained as consultants but not retained as coaches. Now, <laughs> This is an industry of which right now I'm getting prepared for, you know, a collective bargaining agreement. I think also across the league, I don't know about every team, but across the league, I think there was some reduction in staff. You know, why did you retain people as consultants, but then bring in somebody else to coach? You know, I, you know, if I, it, what is this? Is this a, a transitional period where you want me to transfer my knowledge on to somebody else that's going to take my job? Um, you know, I don't know, but I, I, I will say this. Anybody who has been associated with professional sports or sports in general, if you have a passion for it, uh, it's one of those things where you feel like, listen, OK, I'll take out the garbage. You know, there are some people that I know and I, and I mean out of respect uh, have been guys that have just been there as assistants uh, and not a very high profile assistance. Uh, assistant but have uh, you know made their way to the top um, because they earned that right to do that uh, very diligently regardless of what you asked them to do they did that Josh McDaniels I understand that was his play head coach now for the Denver Broncos um, Harry Gamble former president and uh, I believe GM certainly but I believe we held the title of president, too, but certainly GM uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was Harry's job. Wow. Coach Harry, as we called him, would do anything. It didn't make any difference to him. You know, he had no ego. And I believe that I know that I watched Coach Harry and the way he performed his job. And I had a job where I was the number two man to my good friend, the good Reverend Dr. Herb Lusk. Uh I was his assistant and I worked an organization for him and whatever he needed, I'd do it. And, and so you learn these things from watching people that are very successful. And so right now, I guess these two guys, they just love the game so much that they just, you know, as, as they get older in their years, they just still want to be a part of the game. So whatever they got to do, I guess they're going to do there. Maybe they're going to be there as, as a security blanket for Peyton to go in and talk to and consult with. But I would, I would like to see. So let's keep an eye on the Indianapolis Colts and see how that works out this year because that's going to be very interesting. New offensive coordinator, new offensive line coach, Hall of Fame quarterback making that adjustment. Mm, that's going to be very interesting. I'll tell you what else is going to be interesting. My next segment, you come back, I'll tell you what it is when you get back because I'm going to get 
back after this break. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice America Network in Phoenix, living like it matters. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely disagree her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine-horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. We're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. Of course, I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And uh, as I said, I just got finished. We were just talking a little bit about Peyton Manning and uh, Peyton making that adjustment of life without his offensive coordinator and his offensive line coach, uh, Howard Mudd. In particular, I, I had some comments about Howard knowing that uh, I had spent some time with him in my days and he had done a tremendous job with our offensive line and you know the fact that you know there is I don't think there is uh, an opportunity for position coaches to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame but um, 
I think he's done a tremendous job and probably one of the best that ever existed. I'm, I'm telling you, I bet you anybody who played for him would agree with me that uh, he was that good. Uh, there's a couple other things that I, I think I want to address in this segment. And I've oftentimes, as a professional athlete, I, I, I was blessed to have, you know, God-given talent. Uh, but I also was, was blessed to have uh, some leadership qualities. And so at every level that I played in, you know, I at some point in time uh, was chose to be a leader in, in terms of, you know, representing the team as a captain at some point in time. And the pros, I only did as a special teams captain, but I still had the honor of doing it before at the highest level. And, um, and so I appreciate having this mic because this mic gives me an opportunity to speak up for, for many of those that I played with, uh, those that came after me. And those that will get an opportunity to play the game in the future. And so uh, I think I, I have the right many times to speak up for those who, who don't have the opportunity to speak up for themselves. But there's going to be some things that are going to be going on in, uh, in Las Vegas. I think it's uh, May 28th through the 31st where a number of former retired NFL players and who knows it could be some current NFL players I can't say that but I know there are going to be a group of former retired players that are going to get together and uh, strategize as to how the former uh, NFL players and, and I use that term loosely because at some point in time every person who ever plays in the National Football League will fall under that classification as a former player so as a group decides to represent that group you can be a current player now that group at some point in time could be representing you I think if you don't know anything about that group I think you need to find out what you can about that group you can listen to Jeff Nixon sports uh, Jeff is the uh, Jeff Nixon sports report he also comes on the Voice America Network and, and, and shares a lot of information about the group and the strategy of the group. And Jeff is on on Mondays uh, here on Voice America Sports. And get a chance to listen to some insight of which Jeff is uh, prepared to share with you. Uh, has a little bit more insight than I do, but certainly I think he and I share in the opinion of the job that's been done in the past Although there have been a tremendous amount of strides that have been made and things aren't the same as they used to be, there is still room for an awful lot of improvement. And we want to work towards a solution of which everybody can live with. And I happened to notice something that I, I watched a special on Brian Gumble that he had. And, and I, I, I want to be sure that I get it right. Because I, I think... Uh, I think it's uh, Mr. Kraft who owns the New England Patriots. I don't want to quote him word for word, but his comment had something to do about the players and their risk or their lack of risk in terms of what is currently happening in, in the economy and how it may have affected uh, the team's abilities to generate the type of revenue necessary to support 
um, the salaries and the, the operation of the National Football League. Now, I believe his comment was to the extent of addressing that although players participate in the revenue, they don't participate in the risk of the revenue shortage, perhaps, maybe. Um, that the players take on no financial risk. I think that might be a better way to summarize what his comments were. Um, I totally disagree with that. You know, I, I don't understand how one could think that a player does not share any of the financial risk. Uh, I don't have to say anything other than Anquan Bolden. I, I, I don't have, that, that should be it. I mean, if, if you don't know me, you've never met me before, you've never heard me, uh, let me say that, yes, I am an advocate for the players. I am, uh, most of the time I come from a player's perspective because that's what I did. But I, I think because I've also had my share of entrepreneurship, and I understand that uh, when you enter into a business arrangement, uh, and there is a, a collective group of people that participate in it. Different people are brought to the table for different reasons. I mean, people are brought to the table and you only come to the table because you bring something to the table. Now, I, I want to set this up the right way because I, I, if somebody wants to dispute this, please. I don't have a problem. I, I like uh, a fruitful discussion. And, and you can call me and you can reach me. Um, I'll give you the number again. Um, but I, I don't mind a, a discussion. Well, I'll give you the number a little bit later. You probably know the number anyway. But when you come to a, a table and you're going to participate in a business deal, you're only invited to that table if you bring something to the table. Okay, so you can't ask me to come to the table asked me to participate in a business deal and then all of a sudden now when things change you want to look to me to bring something to the table that I never told you I could bring to the table from the very beginning that was not my role in this business deal my role was never to bring finance to the table I was not supposed to bring finances to the table you asked me to bring my athletic talent to the table and you would be responsible for the finances of running this operation. Th that's our responsibilities, regardless of what the climate is. You always expect me to bring my talent to the table and I always expect you to bring your finances to the table and we profit and we share. Now, when things change, you can't look to me and say that I'm not willing to participate in the financial risk. That, was, that wasn't our deal. Now you want to change the deal. That, that was never our deal. Our deal was to bring our talent to the table. Now, when you try to put a talent in front of people, of which was not the level of talent of which we marketed to the fan base, the fans resisted. And that wasn't their deal. That is not what they, they didn't agree to pay for it. Substitutes, replacements, whatever you want to call them, scabs. They didn't agree to pay for that. They agreed to pay for NFL caliber football, and that's what they wanted. The players decided that they would 
provide that talent and you provided you would fund it. Now, now of a sudden things have changed. The only thing I really don't like about that is I don't like that somebody would have the audacity to say that there's not a share in the risk. The share of the risk is every time a player steps his foot on the field, he risks losing every penny he potentially could earn from that game forward because he may be injured and he, he could sustain a career ending injury. I don't think there is a corporate ending fatality that could happen that would destroy the league totally. A player's career, his opportunity to earn an income could be lost in one play. I don't, I don't think that owners should talk about players in risk when they talk about contract negotiations. I, I, I just wouldn't use that term. I wouldn't, if I was an owner, I, in fact, I would try to retract that statement. I would try to clarify that statement. And maybe I didn't say it the way he said it, but it tied into players somehow or another, in some form or some fashion, absorbing some of the risks, taking on some of the risk. And I'm saying to you that if it were not for those players, you're in a risky business. So the players take on risk every play, every play. Now, we are taught not to think about this and we don't think about this. But every now and then, you know, we've seen it happen. We've seen a player try to protect himself and prevent himself from being injured. We've seen that happen. And 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 and. I'm, I'm so glad many times they do that because the injuries, you can't recover from them. It, it, it could be over with. Your season could be done. Your career could be done. It could be over with. You change rules because of the fact that people could possibly end their careers. I'm going to call it the Brady rule. You just put one in because of Tom Brady's injury last year. So how can you, as an owner, say players don't share in risk? They share. They, they have the greatest risk of all. Of all, because fans have proven to you, fans have proven to you that they will mortgage their house. Fans have proven to you that they will not pay their bills. Fans have proven to you that they will drive across country. Fans have proven to you that they will sleep outdoors in the rain, in the snow, in the sleet. Fans have proven to you that they love those players. They love that game and they will watch that game anytime. Fans have proven that to you. So in terms of risk, a financial risk, we got to stop and think about that. Because I don't know how much risk there really is according to the fans. The fans tell you they love that game. Hey, I love this show. You listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network. You hear that music. I've been around a little while. I know what I got to do. I got to take a break. But I'll be back. We're going to finish this discussion on the other side of this message. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. I just think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. 
Voice America Sports. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Hey, football fans, are you ready for an intelligent discussion about the Buffalo Bills and the National Football League? Are you tired of listening to talk show hosts that have never played football? Instead of answering your questions, they prefer to listen to themselves. And when they don't like what you're saying, they just cut you off. Well, that won't happen on the Jeff Nixon Sports Report. Keep it clean, stay relatively calm and rational, and the discussion will flow well. Join Jeff Nixon Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Network. Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, is here for you, the fan, to hear about and discuss the week's top stories in the world of sports. We'll discuss not only the headliners, but you'll hear some of the smaller stories that don't usually make it on the sports wires today. It's a forum for the sports fan, hosted by Joe Cribbs, a three-time pro bowler with the Buffalo Bills. Joe is a 10-year pro football veteran, a former Southeastern Conference Most Valuable Player, and a member of the Alabama Sports Hall of Fame. Discuss the topics with Joe Cribbs, No Average Joe, Mondays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's a tough shot. Got it. With 2.8 seconds left. to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on Voice America Network. Of course, if you'd like to call me, uh, you can call me at uh, 888-346-9144. Again, that's 888-346-9144. But if you don't, that's okay. I'll keep talking to you. Because I got a lot to say, and I think you want to hear it. But uh, plus, I understand you at work. The heck, you at work listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network for anyway. And that is because you want to hear what I got to say because I want to go back. You know, again, I told you at every level I've been blessed. I've been added to step up and be a leader. And if you're a leader, you, you got to be the voice of the team. Now, you don't speak for everybody, but OK, maybe you speak for the majority. And, I, and I'm going to say this, you know, the majority of players probably would be offended to hear the owner say that the players aren't willing to shed some of the risks. And again, as we came to the table, we came to the table with our assets. Our assets were our abilities to play this game of football. The risk that we had is the fact that we could only play it on average of three and a half years. And then we're done because we may get hurt. And so we face that risk of injury each day in practice and in each game. So that's the risk that we share. Okay, there's other exposure of somebody else, and that is based upon what you bring to the table. Here's what your risk is. 
your risk is there are chances that there may be times where the economy may be up and may be down. And so there is some exposure. And here's what the amount of risk and exposure to that risk that you have to share in. Are you willing to do that, owners? Yes. Okay. Are you willing to share in the risk players that you may only play one game? You may not even play a game. You may be one of the greatest players ever play the game. Shout out to Gail Sayers. And your career may be cut short due to injury. Are you willing to accept that risk? Yes. Okay. We have an agreement. Let's work out the other terms and conditions. And we have a collective bargaining agreement. Okay. Don't distort the facts now about what risk we agreed to accept. That's the risk the players agreed to accept. The fact that my career may be over, that those guys who, you know, who have lost their knees and have lost their, you know, I heard, man, I heard of a shoulder replacement. I have never in my life, shout out to Ray Griffin. I never heard of a shoulder replacement. I've heard of knee replacements, hip replacements. Now we got shoulder replacements. Griff, thank you for everything you ever did to me. You showed me how to play DB at the Ohio State University. But I never heard of a shoulder replacement. Ray Griffin, shoulder replacement. But, but let me get back to talk about this risk. Now, the fans, again, I, if I were a fan, I, I, I would be upset about this risk. You know, what, what are you saying to the fans when you talk about you know, the players in financial risk. Are you telling me that there's some stadiums that are not selling out? I, I, I have to commend every sports fan out there that exists in America and throughout the world that the stadiums have been filled. I told you earlier how they're doing it, the sacrifices that sports stadiums, at least major sports stadiums, I'm talking about football and basketball right now. The arenas, maybe the basketball arenas, maybe they were down a little bit. But I'm telling you, there were no fire sales. Uh, in fact, how many teams? Now, I don't know how long it takes a person, you know, to have to mortgage off their house to find out it's got to go. But, uh, but how many teams are up for sale right now? You know, you, know we're, you have to forecast what's going to happen in the future. And I guess the NFL is looking at it and they're seeing what's happening. But listen, these are, vi- these are very successful, not just millionaires, Billionaires. There are several people that own NFL teams that are billionaires. They didn't just wake up and become billionaires. You know, that's one thing about you strike it rich. You earn wealth over a period of time. These are successful businessmen and they have formulas of success. The NFL, the NFL franchises are a component of their success, their financial wealth of which they can't spend. Their families will inherit these teams. Shout out to the Roonies. Tremendous job of sustaining their business. Great business model, obviously. Great. Shout out to Fish. That other Super Bowl ring he's about to get again. But I, I want to say this. You know, that's why DeMore Smith, shout out to DeMore's executive director, Players Association, is asked, hey, okay, let's open up your books. Let's open up your books because that, that's the only way we're going to be able to do it. At Patton Boggs over there, they, they, believe me, they know a little bit. They, they know how to, to go in and assess what the true value is of your team and what, you know, what revenue you're really generating. They, 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 can, be, they can bring in you know, some accounting firms and, and they can do a forensic audit of which you don't want that to be done. I'm sure you don't want a forensic audit. 
because <laughs> then you know that sixty percent of the gross revenues that the players are getting, all of a sudden. It, it may still be 60%, but th- that 60% may represent another number because there's probably some money being hit somewhere. I don't know how. I don't know where. But I can just tell you that the astute business person is finding a way to generate some additional revenue streams. And with the advent of this medium of which I am currently using now, the Internet, you are able to reach people in parts of the world that you never could before and there's software out there to translate the language so you can broadcast your games to any part in the world that's an additional revenue that was not there that's the kind of revenue that even god bless his soul mr upshaw talked about before he went on to heaven he talked about new technologies and revenue was going to come from that i'm telling you now there are places where these games could be broadcasted and as a matter of fact on the down low for those of you who never went across the other side of the track, that means that they didn't tell anybody about it. On the down low, there were some games that were broadcasted online last year, live, streaming live. It's my understanding, and maybe I interpreted what I read the wrong way, that there were some corporate executives from the NFL that felt as if they had no knowledge that a deal was struck, that a deal was negotiated for some particular entity to broadcast those games and stream those games live online was that a competitive bid situation and if it was what was the processes and who won that right to do that because they were available now was there revenue generated from that and if that's the case that was just a pilot i believe are you going to do more of that and if you're going to do that, those games were broadcasted in, in English where they translated into another language or broadcasted live in another language by those who spoke another language. And we weren't aware of that. There is some new money that's going to find its way to the table. And so let's not, you know, when I, when I got fellow teammates that are getting shoulder replacements and hip replacements and knee replacements, And football players who played this game, you know, you brag about the fact that those who came before these young men, that you're taking to my hometown of Canton, Ohio, and you're showing these rookies about those guys who built the game before you ever got here. But you're not treating them right because you want to devalue those same men when you talk to them and you want to tell them things like they don't they're not willing to participate in the risk. Wow. I think you run a big risk when you try to make players or portray players in a way of which you're demeaning the heroes of your fan base. You know, I became an athlete because a professional athlete because I watched so many of those pro football players. You know, Walter Roberts, Walter Flea Roberts, Paul Warfield, you know, John Stallworth, Bob Hayes. You know, great players. I watched them. I want. I emulated. I wanted to try to be them. I didn't become them, but I did become Ray Ellis, number twenty-four of the Philadelphia Eagles and the Cleveland Browns. And I am so happy, and I thank God that that happened. I thank you for this opportunity here too. This is the kind of medium they're going to use to let people all over the world know about the National Football League. I'm going to keep talking about it right here on Ray Ellis Sports. On the Voice America Network, my time is up. So as always, I'll see you next time, which will be the best time. So 